Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back to discuss another episode of Will Trent, season one, episode three, Don't Let It Happen Again, written by Enda Craig Galvin, directed by Howard Dooch. I gave this episode an 8.1 out of 10. I think the A story plot was was entertaining, even if it did go into some pretty uh, pretty controversial almost for no reason type of scenario. I think that they were pulling a little bit um, to, to, to get the reach of where they were going. It just wasn't, what's the word I'm looking for? It was not, uh, oh, I cannot think of the term right now where it's not fleshed out. There we go. It wasn't fleshed out enough. I think that it had all the right ingredients. It just didn't didn't a hundred percent gel together, but it still was much stronger than our B story arc, in which case I I pretty much did not care about. Before we jump into the review, wherever listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts or YouTube, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like. And if you want to send feedback, buckercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment as well. We begin in Lake Lanier, Georgia. Mr. Merrick has escaped his room for the third time this week to apologize to his imagination when a boat on fire with a crispy victim inside begins to float down the river, which is our case. Randy, who is also the mayor of Oakmead, I believe is the name of the town got shot in the shoulder and then the head before someone set his boat on fire. Amanda picks up the case. Turns out this whole town stole black land, dug up cemeteries or built over them. So while it may not be haunted, sorry, Faith, uh, it sure may be politically motivated the crime since it is in a known racist atmosphere where they are sending two non-white detectives (laughs) or agents to deal with, although the sheriff is new and she said, hopefully not as racist as her predecessors. You could have led with she's black. Now I'm not sure because I didn't go and look up this Lake Lanier if this town truly does have a a uh, history regarding land rights so on and so forth but it was rather disconnected from our story arc in which those elements really didn't play a factor I mean the racism sure but you could have just made a blanketed statement of okay this is what happened or you could have given a little bit more context around the time that the family was murdered I know they kept saying 30 years ago, but 30 years ago is 19, what, 70? (laughs) Not even, I mean, it's not as long ago as I think if it was much older, it would be, it would have made a little bit more sense. But the timeline is uh, not saying that racism can't happen at any time. Clearly we know that, but with what they, again, we're laying out for the foundation of the show, it certainly didn't really make its mark for us to be so like even in the first introduction of the mechanic it wasn't made in a very consistent manner I guess is what I'm trying to say yeah it was 1993 was 30 years ago (laughs) 
shocking i know because that's in my lifetime <laughs> uh while leaving betty instructions he gets a call will from someone named ivy which we did not meet question is trent gonna have on the same suit or change it up at all just asking for a friend and then later on this episode we saw him with a sweater on so i think he will we need more information on how faith got a college student whose laundry car still needs to re-up why she eating chicken nuggets in the morning <laughs> why she got her sauce in the container why does she have this small ass car these are all questions that i'm just wondering how she decides to uh to to put her personal life together because i know i don't wake up and have chicken nuggets okay i do get my coffee on you could you could be a, a independent black woman and even a single mother and still have your shit together actually you probably have more of your shit together because you ain't got no one else to lean on he notices that she is hectic and asks what's up but she feels the town really is full of ghosts and finds confirmation in her pop tire which likely popped because she has been driving on a donut stupid i think if we're giving more of a backstory that maybe she was a kid when she became a mother that would explain a little bit more of why she may still struggle with certain things but because we haven't gotten that i'm just like girl even i know that is only supposed to last until you immediately take it in to get it changed you can't go out of town on a fucking donut and I, you can't tell me the department ain't gonna let you rent a vehicle you can write it off as a business expenditure that's probably not the right term physics expense uh this does lead though to the mechanic who gives some intel about the mayor who he grew up with until he got elected and started screwing over the working man apparently he was only re-elected by a considerable margin because people are sheep but he got his gat in his pocket which is not where you should keep a weapon I do crack up at this because that's accurate. I feel like a lot of people who have weapons don't actually know what to do with them. They're just like, yeah, this is what I need to feel powerful. (laughs) And some of them, yes, are also revealed to be morons that are not using brain cells or have somehow never gotten them. Revealing the mayor was one of the lizard people he's prepared is it friendly he called him brother or i'm not racist so i feel the need to call you brother was that what that was about because i couldn't understand why he kept calling will brother and my issue with this once again is you're telling the narrative of a town that is known for its racism you even have a moment in the episode where you show how obnoxious the racism could be And yet here you have a mechanic who also was involved in a racist crime calling Will brother and not making any any remarks to Faith. It wasn't consistent. Angie and Michael catch the case of a man who was hit in the head prior to dying from the fall. Apparently this was an accident, so I don't know why this needed to be a drawn out case. Mr. Parnell, who don't go in buildings that aren't coded a security guard mind you witnesses the idiot accidentally strike john the other security guard and instead of stopping him he just stood there until he was forced to say excuse me and he's like now i know what he looks like and his voice 
Who witnesses a crime and just stands there and lets the person <laughs> walk right on by? You didn't even say, hey, hey, bruh, stop. He's like, no. I, I can understand if he was like, and I got out of his way because I didn't think he was coming after me. No, you stood your ground <laughs> and made it a, <laughs> a matter of manners. Michael asks Angie to dinner with his wife who wants to get to know his new partner. Wife doesn't know that they slept together previously. And I don't know why Michael thinks that she wouldn't know. Josie, the black sheriff, called them in, which makes more sense why they would be called in. As Will explores the crime scene, noticing the killer was overconfident and missed the first shot, which hit the mayor in the shoulder. So they had to get up close and personal to shoot them in the head. But in their... And their urgency and with the adrenaline, they scrape their thigh on a nail. So they now have blood, which they have the sheriff bag. He asked Faith to pretend she wants to kill him. And she said gladly before the two play out the scenario. Faith ponders if it could have been a warning left as a message. And he goes, that's quite a jump. It's just the thought. Didn't you just ask for my help? Didn't he just ask for my help? Will has taken to mentoring, but it's a process. Faith does have good instincts, even when he doesn't agree that she could possibly be correct. They question Irene, the widow, who tells them her husband got upset after receiving an orange toy truck with a racetrack a week ago. Riley brings the orange car <laughs> that was found on the body of Kramer, who died in the woods days prior but it was assumed a hunting accident as he was inexperienced and not wearing a safety vest the station wagon leads to a 30 year old cold case where an entire black family mother father and son were murdered in said vehicle with the sheriff turning the other cheek in what may have been a cover-up josie said i was two and i lived in arkansas bitch don't come at me which at the time sounded like a really good excuse of why she did not bring up the connections like i wasn't here when this happened and their shared hotel room faith feels uneasy about the white men with guns roaming around outside and the creepy legacy of the lake I think we could have stuck with like you were doing too much in one episode. I would have stuck with the lake theme. And then if you needed to just give the town's history beforehand, but it, like I said, you were doing too much. You had the fucking proud boys outside. Uh, this is Georgia. I know there are parts of Georgia that clearly <laughs> are dealing with these things, but I, it was overkill. It's overkill. Will admits he grew up with limited personal space and that when working a case, you must learn to compartmentalize things that bother you like he's done with his emotions. However, sometimes things just come out on Paul Campano's face or at the grocery store. He admits he has a date or a possible date with someone named Ivy, which we never met, but he still feels conflicted as he's known Ange forever. But there is a wall he never gets past because she doesn't allow him. So she encourages him to go. A little bit more on that later. Uh, how long 
long has it been since him and Ange have broken up so to speak and if he clearly can go and be with other people it feels as if she's not letting him go versus the other way around this 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 is not okay knowing Angie's history I really don't want to throw it out there on her but her her uh her her actions currently are starting to fall on the uh helpless white woman side Bo focused back on the case, wondering why the family would park under trees so far away from the 4th of July fireworks and why Merrick got a partial plate, which he was the previous sheriff of a Bronco nearby and never did anything about it. My pressing question was, is he ironing a napkin? Why? Why? Michael tries once again to get Angie to join, but Parnell agrees. Y'all slept together. That's a bad idea. Before ID and the perp only to learn that he is one of a pair of identical triplets. Faith comes in and squeaks at the sight of Amanda, whereas Will goes, really? Why? It's like when your mom shows up, you're like, oh, fuck. No one asked you to come here and babysit me. Amanda said, good morning to you too. She continues to be the star. Just throwing that out there. She had no power back then, but now she does. And now she's putting GBI stake all over the place. She has their next lead because she's like, oh, that's a that's a needle in a haystack. She's like, bitch, you don't know my name. I made this connection. The partial plate belongs to Alan Kramer. Yes, the victim in the woods, who is the owner of the Bronco and is one of four men that were seen in said Bronco. Mayor was likely the second. Two more are still alive. Amanda said there were these things with pages prior to social media called newspapers. LOL. And they're going to go see her friend who had the deep down low on what was going on back then. Will decides to go visit Merrick, who wonders if they are coming for him. He's clearly suffering from Alzheimer's. He breaks down in his memory, indicating someone may have been left alive. Maybe the father. Merrick's son tells Will when he shows up, like what's going on here, that his father is haunted by that incident. He never spoke of it except to his mom who died six years ago, but to leave him alone. As soon as he said that, I was like, I'm all fucking guilty. None of the siblings crack with Franklin thinking it's hilarious. And what's this? Michael has kids, plural. He got three fucking kids. He doesn't look like he has three children. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Mandy and Teresa head into the house for some sweet tea. You know how I like it. While Josie and Faith discuss their struggles in the department as women of color briefly, with Faith revealing her mom was great, but lost focus and crossed the line to which Josie is empathetic. At least she isn't blaming Will for her mom's failures. He's just the messenger. So of course you're going to want to shoot the messenger. They find the Bronco and the four men in a photo, but one is turned away and the other hard to see. So they decide to flex FBI tech. Sonia came out for coffee. I don't know how she went from being in her friend's house to going out and getting some coffee. But when she does, there's a proud boy eating chicken on her car. What? What the fuck? You know what's hilarious about that whole, because I took a photo yesterday because I live in a state that, yes, has many recruitments of Proud Boys. 
And I see all the time with their fucking stupid trucks that always over the guy because they can't see. They drive those damn things and they actually don't know how to drive those damn things. And every time, every damn time, they never park right. They just they don't park right. They need to park far away. There's a whole parking spot where you can take up two to three parking spaces. But no, no. So I thought it was very ironic. But at the same time, this whole interaction was stupid and unnecessary. <laughs> no one would have missed that FBI badge being flashed. And no one would have said, yeah, let's just go ahead and get myself arrested. That's so stupid. And then have the whole thing of chicken out. Like that was just overkill. Over fucking kill. Racism is quiet. It's not that. I mean, only some stupid people. And there, there are stupid people. There are. There are. But just because... <laughs> that was just so much i could not take it seriously <laughs> they said your friend Teresa, and you need to mind your damn business bitch when sonia arrested this fool and brought him in like how did you not see the flashing lights toe i feel like everything indicated that i was a police officer <laughs> turns out the mechanic was involved of course he was prepping for more than just the end of the world when they get to Otis, which is not at all a name I would suspect of a white mechanic, he is absolutely not in the mood to talk with two rocks, rock rollers and a shotgun. So when he decides he wants to take out Faith for absolutely no reason or that karma has caught up with him, which would have been a better, better indication of why he would hole up, Josie shoots him in the head. You know he did the flippancy of this character didn't work for me once a racist i feel like always a racist because they don't have any wherewithal to realize unless they are again that quiet racism those are just the politicians they're not working backyard mechanic work where no one probably ever shows up so i got five thousand dollar equipment just hanging around because ain't nobody could fuck with me so nobody's here no one's here i don't know what you do all day but it sure as shit is not work on cars with no additional leads, they decide to show the photo to Merrick with Faith running to Josie, running into Josie outside, assuring her Amanda will get her through it. Josie wants to see the case through and offers to join her to see Merrick as he was nice to her. So away they go. From Riley, Will learns that Otis has an off-site storage unit, which was also used as an evidence locker. Okay. Angie and Michael's case sucked, so I stopped caring. Back at the nursing home, Merrick IDs the last man involved as his son Chip, which is why he covered it all up in the first place. Will updates they are at Otis's, but is unhappy to hear Josie still involved being on admin leave. Oh no. I know. I will say I like the twist. It didn't hit me until this exact moment in the episode, which tells me that they did a good job. But as soon as I heard that, I was like, fuck. Amanda is yelling regarding news from the lab as Will investigates the storage locker or the storage yard. Hearing that the nail from the boat yard is missing. Another nail in Josie's coffin. Will is annoyed that they parked the vehicle where they can't see the fireworks display. There's a reason for that, but he doesn't know what it is. And he stumbles upon the Bronco itself that no one thought to send to the scrapyard. But when you're covering up a crime that you really don't want covered up, 
you have a tendency to hold on to the evidence. After listening to the cassette tape, they realized they pulled over to feed their baby because someone was nibbling on the seatbelt who wasn't murdered and who Merrick found that turns out to be Josie. Oh, I knew it. Here's my only issue. Nobody knew that they had another child. You talk about your aunt took care of you, <laughs> but no one in this, no one notated that there was a baby involved or that this family had a baby. It's 1993. Birth records are kept. After she takes Faith's sidearm, sidearm and Jeremy's phone, she tells them it's time to get Chip. It turns out the phones were a thing because that's how they were able to track her down. While Faith and Chip are cuffed together, at gunpoint, he confesses to the crime that your dad ignored us, so we shot him. <laughs> More like we were harassing him. He was not keen to that. And so we were stupid and shot them. I just need more. I, it, it, if you had done it, you say you were young and you're stupid. It's one thing to be young and stupid. It's nothing to just be racist. And I, I feel like they were trying to find some middle ground that didn't need to be defined as middle ground. Just they're bad people. He needed to sit there and cry. Why the fuck did she leave him alive and kill everyone else? Why would you shoot him in the fucking... To slow him down? What do you mean to slow him down? What? You, what? <laughs> this is where it fell apart. It did. Very much so. So yeah, he finds the little child in the backseat. He's like, oh, I'll take care of you. And then gives her to her aunt. And that was it. Josie could have, yes, gave herself up. And she had no intention of harming Faith. She's like, so you're going to kill me now? No, sis, why would I harm you? I just want to slow slow it down or slow him down or something to that effect. But Amanda shows up with Will and she's like, look, you're not about to take my family because that's my family. I love her. But Josie had no intention of living, jumping off the bridge. But why didn't she just kill Chip and take him with? Like, I can understand that part. Like, I'm not going to jail for these crimes. Even if you did, though one may say i mean it's not yeah no one may say this was this was uh she would have got time off <laughs> jury would have been a little bit more empathetic towards the fact that yes yeah, she was very determined signed up for the police department just so she can murder these four men um but i'm still not keen on if that was your if that was the attention you were going out no matter what you best believe you would have taken chip with with you unless unless which wasn't defined in the episode she felt some kind of way for the man that saved her not to kill his son make him responsible for the crime that he did but not murder him like all of the rest but i don't know that's just a guess because the show didn't do the work for me will brings milkshakes to comfort faith who hoped josie got away instead of being another ghost as the whole thing is just fucking sad which that's true. The whole thing really was sad. She lost the life. Her family lost, like the whole family's deceased. And uh, one, one can't not understand her motivations. It just was clumsy. And I was like, wow, back at Angie's dinner, the wife does know about the affair and brought her over as a warning instead of being pissed at your husband who had the duty not to stick his dick in her twat. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it to you. It just happened. I 
didn't mean to trip and fall and land inside of her vagina. I swear it was an accident. I really hate that the I really, really, really hate that the um the blame is always put on the woman. Like you did something. No, he he the one that cheated. She was just there. She was a single free agent. <laughs> he's the one that had a duty of care he's the one that took vows she did not so get out of here what i did not like was that she immediately goes to trent's says shut up i don't even care what's going on with you she knows clearly something's up because he has cologne on but she's not taking the time because she's too busy caught up in her own shit and she admits that they had an affair and he's like why are you bringing up this now because i don't want you to see me as an ugly person he cancels his plans just to be there for her and there's the codependency i didn't particularly love that didn't particularly love that i didn't i mean everything we've seen out of angie's character thus far you know it seems as if she has uh some likable qualities i don't want her to turn out uh, or maybe that's just what they both need to discover after a whole season that they really are not good for each other if there is a wall she does not want you to get past it's because she doesn't want you to get past that she wants you to see only the version of herself that she wants you to see and thus far it's not it's not a good relationship or at least not one that they don't need to work on a lot but i think that finding time apart dating other people that might be appropriate i'm glad they're not really pushing him off on faith and vice versa because <laughs> that would be just atypical i don't think anything's gonna happen with uh wormwood unless unless they do something unless they continue to show angie as a as a problem but it feels like she's very committed to her sobriety so i'm not sure where we're going with this other than i hope their cases get a lot better because this one was boring we do have feedback on the episode it looks like uh shy may have not realized we are on episode three or just decided she's done with two and got thoughts but hey i'll take it so let's head into the feedback hey christina it's me shy i am here to give my feedback for the new series will trent i'm finally joining um and given feedback for this one as i've stated before been a bit behind the curveball a little bit but i'm hoping to get back on track so this is um season one episode two and um yeah this show abby i'm i was hesitant to watch it i saw the trailer and after mimi um, put it out there and I was intrigued. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> and it's funny because we just got through saying <laughs> um, that we were done with watching shows that are in their first season because of the many cancellations that we've been seeing in regards to some good shows only getting one season and setting things up only to be disappointed with uh, with not getting another season. So I don't know how well this show is doing. It's only episode two. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm going to take a chance again, even though I said I wouldn't. And hopefully, and of course, ABC is not, all these network TV, all these networks uh, are not 
to be trusted. Even Netflix. I think Netflix is even worse. But whatever. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was funny. And um, I like that we got the conclusion. Um, I think you were saying this is a the part two of the... It's like a two-part premiere. Um, so we... They did find Emma, but of course we had to, I was a little bit confused about some things, but I think, I mean, for the most part, it was pretty, you know, cut and dry in regards to this um, show. I mean, I I think it was more about the, the guy that committed suicide. I'm like, I, I must have missed the connection. Like, was he a teacher to that guy? Yeah, that part was a little bit, I didn't it didn't click for me but um probably because i got distracted at a certain point in the show and that probably would have explained it better to where i would have understood but i did like i said i enjoyed the um the, i enjoyed the episode overall i thought it was funny <laughs> um faith and will's dynamic is just so funny to me i mean it's just like <laughs> He is so determined to be Mr. Independent and Faith is just not having it. She's just like, she's just as both. I'm glad that we're getting to see that she is more than capable of keeping up with him um, because we see that he's, uh, you know, above and beyond or, you know, a really um, great detective um, able to put things together real quick and she's she's able to hold her own against him which I think is um is pretty impressive um for someone that um is just coming on board GBI so yeah another show that I'm watching that's based um in Atlanta so it's always good to see um some familiar um areas as I'm watching the show so, um, yes, and her smart Alec, <laughs> they just be cracking me up. He's like, uh, what'd she say? Okay, I'll just go yell at science. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, she, I love her personality. I just, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Faith right now. Um, really would like to get to know more about her. And everything. I know she has a son, I guess an adult son. She don't look old enough to have an adult son, but okay, we'll go with that. Or maybe I'm assuming it's an adult son. I don't know. I think they that was mentioned. Um, then we got the 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 mastermind Evan, and I'm like, seriously, this is the mastermind. He's so smart that he he implemented himself or implicated himself, I should say, um, with the like. Dude, why would you? Oh, the age of consent is seventeen. I'm like, it's so it's not against the law. Like, uh, sir, uh, obviously you don't know the law, and you're not as smart as you think because it is against the law because you're a teacher and she's a student. So yeah, that is a problem. And for you to think that it wasn't a problem is a problem, and you're an idiot. So I thought that was just like really, really. I don't. I mean. <laughs> You would just willingly give up that information. Um, and so him, yeah. Then I'm like, how did he get out of the hospital? And then he just get shot in the stomach and was bleeding out. Like, that was quick. Uh, <laughs> him getting out of the hospital. And not only getting out of the hospital, but it coming into work. 
I'm like, okay, I'll, I guess we'll go with that. So, but I wasn't quite buying the, I, I mean, he was smart at times, but then he was doing stupid stuff. So it was kind of like, um, 50, 50 for me on his believability as the mastermind behind all this. And then the Mary part, I'm like, really um i get it but i don't know i mean people can be brainwashed to that extent i've seen it so i can't poo poo it too much even though it was just like oh my gosh you're willing to commit murder almost commit murder um for this dude who's a douche um but that's what grooming and all that stuff comes into play so um we got um Pulaski and i forget the dude's name, whatever. So they're investigating this, the murder, which was like, really, dude? I mean, okay. So you left a witness. Not only did the witness first and foremost, I'm like, why didn't she just, she might as well just call the cops. The amount of evidence that she left behind, like really, ma'am. But (laughs) according to, uh, what's his face? She's 16. I'm like, how is she 16 living in an apartment by herself and she has parents that she don't... I'm like, I mean, that is law enforcement's responsibility to call the parents. I mean, you can't just say, no, we're not going to call your parents. Uh, it's kind of, you have to. <laughs> She's underage. Uh, your job to not have underage, unaccompanied underage minors um, just roaming the streets. Um, so yeah, so we find out the slum lord is the one behind it and I'm like, okay, so she was having sex to keep the rent paid and her apartment up to up to snuff. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um that was such a obvious one to me. Especially when he was just being weird. Yeah, so many people in and out of here and anyway, so I wasn't too surprised by that one. Um, what else happened in this one? I know that um, Pulaski and, you know, we see that in the first episode that they're a thing. I mean, I personally am not a fan of this type of relationship dynamic. You know, two broken people trying to, yeah, that whole thing. I mean, whatever floats people's boats, I just don't think that's a recipe for a healthy, good, healthy relationship. So, um, yeah, I was glad for now that they are not, they broke up because I'm like, I I get it. And it makes sense why they would be together um, because of their shared past and what they've been through. But that also can be... um, to their detriment and unhealthy and from what we see is not healthy because he's talking about yeah you saved me and all this stuff so I just feel like there's there's not it's not I mean it's hard to describe but that that dynamic that um I don't know hero uh I can you know I can't even think of the word but I'm sure you know what I'm trying to say so um yeah, it's like a uneven kind of thing. I mean, I like Angie, and Angie, right? I think that's her first name. Um, I like her. I mean, I think she's badass and all that good stuff. She's got her own story to tell, but uh, I'm not. I don't need to see them two together. Um, 
Will, very intriguing character. Look forward to learning more about him and his past. We got Paul. I'm thinking we're going to get more of Paul, even though his story with his, in regards to his um, daughter is wrapped up. So um, I love Amanda, another badass. The women on this show is definitely very intriguing. I would love to get to know them a lot better. On that note, until next time, I love peace and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. Thank you, Queen Shy, for your thoughts on the episode. Not too much to add other than I really didn't like the the guy. And I think I've already made clear how I felt about his entire mastermind gene. I didn't think he was smart at all. As far as Will and Angie goes, I don't not agree with you, but playing devil's advocate and because I've actually seen it just because you both, I mean, because all relationships basically come with two people having their own amount of baggage, whether that's far more traumatic or less traumatic. I don't know if we can, or at least I can um, make the correlation between, well, those are doomed relationships. They're never going to work. That dynamic is toxic or unhealthy. I think TV shows have definitely put into our mindset that those are or inevitably end in disaster. But I mean, I have to I've seen where it doesn't, you know, um, where two people are just able to be there for each other because they know exactly what they've been going through. And that that's the only person that gets them and can get them to that other place. So I mean, just depending on how they're portraying it in the show, absolutely. But on on uh, on a hundred percent that it could not work, it could just mean that they have to work harder if they do want it to work. Uh, about the parents, yeah, I got an indication that they weren't involved. So, I'm like, who are you gonna call? <laughs> All they're going to be mad about is the fact that you got the attention of the police more so than uh, they care about their child. So I can see, I mean, clearly they're feeding her. I got the indication she was little, like her parents were going to show up for no other reason. Yeah, call them, but it's not going to end up well for her. So why you just want to be a jerk in her life, make it harder for her when she's already got a hard time. It's how I read that scene anyway. But yeah, of course you got to, she's a minor, you have to call the parents uh netflix hasn't burned me as much i know you still bitter about 1899 but i actually after a while got it i did and i would love to say and i still want the next season but objectively i can't see i can see why they canceled it there's a lot of different factors i can see why they actually canceled it um taking my own emotional uh juice out of there because it was a hard, it, it was a much harder show to sell than Dark. And I feel like Dark, you had the whole entire season. And then you had already had season two because I looked into it. Um, and with 1899, you had a very unlikable, I wouldn't say unlikable, but very hard to follow protagonist. You had another rather, uh, there was a lot of storylines that were only half half measured half fleshed out yeah we could have gotten more but it was just too little and that one particular setting that really fucked it so i i could see why <laughs> that it would be a project where you would consider do i want to invest two more years in it or three two more seasons in it and people's gonna enjoy the content and you're gonna have to do it 
and it's very smart telling uh storytelling that's really hard to sell even with westworld i love westworld but most people really fell out after season one because they're like this too hard for me i don't, I don't want to have to think too hard when i'm watching my tv which you know we've heard that complaint uh, that's fair enough but that's exactly what happens to some of these more you know intellectual properties they don't get the 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 room that say like same thing with raised by wolves i mean they just don't get the market they need but fucking every marvel show that's just like every other previous marvel show that's the content people eat up nowadays and if you're someone who's trying to make money in a time of inflation you're gonna cut out the things that just aren't a hundred percent cash cow and that's all into comic booky stuff and and i'm glad they gave me another season of sandman so i can't really be too mad at them it's <laughs> my personal take uh, and yes i do agree i really don't like the idea of getting into a show without a second series but then talking out of the other side of my mouth once again am i just gonna live my life not checking out things that i want to check it out just because i might get burned in the ass in the end that's just a risk i gotta take but I do understand. Me, and that's going to wrap us up for this week. If you want to send feedback, once again, it's luckycouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Correct.